Um, but yeah, so now that the crown is back and I have started knitting, AKA my mother-in-law taught me to knit and I'm now like just struggling through like a little cat that's learning to play with yarn. Yeah. Um, but now that that's happened, I feel like it's, it's very much like an aggressive reverse Benjamin button where I was like an elder millennial and now I'm just like full blown grandma. Sure. Like the only like teeny bit of rebellious youth that I cling to is that I can't manage to fall asleep before like 1am. So I agree it's probably all about caffeine. But it's like I drink coffee at um 8 p.m. But <laughs> I don't know why I can't fall asleep. I drink like I don't know a thousand milligrams of caffeine a day. Who could say? <laughs> I, as you sip on your Starbucks, also had a Starbucks today, and it's a different holiday cup because obviously I live in a different country. Um, but um, so here it's like a it was like a Farrell print the last time, and I think this time it's also Farrell. Um. I'm not mad about the red and green mix. Um, I'm hoping that nobody riots. Listen, it's got the best of both worlds here. So who can be upset? Both of your colors. It's actually (laughs) one of the things that I'm trying to find. So I'm trying to find a Christmas tree, which really feels like the beginning of a Hallmark movie. Like (laughs) if only she could find a Christmas tree. And then I fall like in a row of Christmas trees. And this guy in like a lumberjack shirt picks me up and he's like, hi. I'm Clive. I manage a local hotel around here that you happen to be staying at. <laughs> this TikTok I was watching and it was making fun of Hallmark movies. And it was these two people. And they were, it was a, the typical trope is big city girl returns to small town. Yeah. And sorry, there was like a humming. I think it's gone now. Okay. Um, and she was like, John, I have not seen you in 30 years. And he was like, it was like ridiculous names. It was like Jonathan Spinkerheimer. He was like, like Leslie Schluckenheimen, what are you doing here? And she was like, I have come back to the small town that I am from. He's like, I have lived here my whole life. I've never left. It went like that. And then she met with a friend and she was like, Herman Schlingenheimer the other day. He looks handsome, but alas, he's too poor for me. And the friend's like, actually, he's quite rich. He owns the town. And the girl is like, oh, now I am attracted to him. And they see each other again. And she's like, I've come to tell you that I love you. And he's like, I also love you. And I forgot to tell you, I am very rich. <laughs> so I'm looking for a Christmas tree. Right. And here's your homework. The, the dilemma is, right, cue my Hallmark music. Um, but the dilemma is I want one that's pre-lit because I am too privileged to string lights. Like that's the line for me between like hard labor and like doable labor for Christmas. Um, I just, I can't, like, I can't un- untangle them. I can't unwind them. I can't put them on the tree. Just, it's a lot. Um, so I really need a pre-lit tree, but I don't want one of the artificial like white ones. I, I want a very like I want it to be green, but I want it to look like snow fell, but not like too green when not like too natural where there's like pine cones. Cause I don't know what we're doing with those. Like, why are they there? And then also not like too artificially white where it looks like one of the like Hirajuku Christmas trees. And like, okay. <laughs> like pink one with like tinsel included or it's glued. I wondered where you were going and I'm glad it was tinsel. <laughs> I'm very <laughs> glad. <laughs> I don't want to know what's going on in that head of yours hand. It's a sweet little noggin. Um, so maybe we should start. Yeah, we can start. We had our little story time. I've covered every romantic comedy plot that has ever existed around the holidays. So I'm satisfied with that. So you're introing this week. So let's kick this baby off, honey. Let's do it. Let's do it. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. <laughs> um, I'm Hannah. I'm Emma. And this is the Transcontinental Tea. Um, Thank you for that beautiful baritone. Uh, This week, we are going to be discussing one of our scintillating topics. Again, you know how we are, right back in it. Right back in the mix. Banger after banger after banger. (laughs) We're like Miley, but way less sexually aggressive. Um, Essentially, this week, we're going to be talking small towns, big moves. 
Um, although I personally am not from a small town, I know people who are, so I feel like I could speak on their behalf. No, I'm just kidding. I'm from like a suburb though, so it feels more small towny than big city. Mm-hmm. Um, and Emma is also from a smallish town. Yeah, I mean, small, it's not like uh, Miami East small where it's like they maybe had 30 people in their graduating class, but it's Yeah, pretty- I definitely had more than that. <laughs> I had like 400-ish in my graduating class, so I had 250 and that felt really big. So <laughs> the itself is not that big, but a lot of students commuted. So technically I lived in a different district, but commuted as so, well. Yeah. So we're both from Ohio and we're basically going to talk a little bit about how we decided to move to really big places because obviously I live overseas um, and Emma lives in New York City. The Big Apple, we get a lot of questions individually and um, as friends we get a lot of questions about like why did you do this what made you want to do it how did you actually move like how did you do it because it's it's more like a movie plot line than it is like an actual thing that people that we know do yeah I mean I don't know other than you anybody else that's done that they usually move where work is and work doesn't usually take you to these kinds of cities not not unless you like really kayak upstream and attempt it yeah um, but before we get into all of that, let's do some T-O week. Tea of the week. T-O the week. T-O the week. We're Irish now, so. <laughs> Top of the morning to you. <laughs> I can't do an Irish accent, even though I am like 50% Irish, so I'm sorry to my homeland. Okay. It will never get old, ever. Every time. I'm so happy and so entertained. <laughs> Tea. <laughs> it makes me just want to watch it every time we do this. So I know. If you can see our faces, I'm like, ah! yeah. like so happy and excited. Like, don't breathe. <laughs> we're, like, we're making like <laughs> We're so excited. Speaking okay. of tea. Emma, let's start with you. Okay. You're back in the motherland, AKA Ohio. Yeah. What's it like? What are conditions like on the ground? Over to you. Okay. Well, Hannah, <laughs> um, we're all dying slowly. No, um, <laughs> no, really, I enjoy being home. I, I like being somewhere where I, I know where everything is and I'm familiar with my surroundings, you know, which is definitely not how I feel in New York City beyond my immediate neighborhood. So. Okay. I find that to be a comfort. It's also a reminder of why I left. Amen. Well, not live here again. I'm sure my mom will hear this and be like, are you sure? You could think about it. <laughs> my mom asks me genuinely like every week. She's like, what if like, maybe not this week, but next week you had some time in your schedule and you just undid all of your life choices and moved back home. <laughs> you could just move back and um, that would be that. That's the end. Oh, sorry. I just like yeeted my headphone across. The <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, you're back in the motherland. Mm-hmm. You're remembering all of the fond, sweet things that caused you to never want to live there again. Sure. Um, and also you had some pretty big life things happen this week. You got a car. I did. I just bought a car. Her name is Delilah. Hey there, Delilah. Okay, What's I it like in New York City? I named her Delilah before that thought occurred. And then Hannah and I talked and it all came It can't be it. undone, <laughs> you know? Um, both Emma and I name our cars, which I found out is weird. Um, <laughs> not to. This is a part of your life. Acknowledge. She's one of my shelters, my house and my car. I don't name my apartments personally, but I do name my cars. I will if my house is ever nice enough. I feel like you don't name like a two-bedroom apartment Monticello. Like it's a little weird. <laughs> mm, yes. So, uh, yep, that was um, the big thing. I got my nose and my navel pierced. Um, no one tells you how bad nose piercings hurt. Um, and it was excruciating. But here we are. The deed is done. But my my main tea, the, the uh, majority of my cup here... Um, you know, the bag was like the little stuff that we just talked about, but the water and the encompassing vessel. This I'm listening to you to describe tea anatomy, and it's never been clear to me that you don't drink tea. <laughs> <laughs> the, the bag is next to the water. <laughs> I've seen it. <laughs> between the two, I'm not really sure what the connection or the relationship <laughs> is, but 
I love to hear people describe things that they've ne never seen or heard of before. I find that to be fascinating. So I do my best yeah. to keep the listener engaged, but <laughs> I digress. There are many a toll on the drive from pretty much anywhere out of New York City to anywhere else. There's a ton of tolls, naturally. Um, and it's literal highway robbery. But I was passing through and the, most of them are closed right now because of COVID and they'll just bill you later. <clears throat> they find your, like, they see your tag and they just send you a bill that way. And it's always worked in rentals for me because they just connect it back to where the car is sourced from. Ergo, there I am paying tolls. Um, and when I didn't realize, okay, I'm, I'm all the way through the drive at this point. I'm in Ohio. I have maybe an hour left and I'm in a rental as I had previously mentioned. And there's a box on the windshield that I had never noticed. The easy pass box. It is the easy pass box. And let me tell you. How do I know that? Because I've driven a rental car before and I listen to them when they give their instructions and I'd be willing to bet <laughs> they did not tell Emma, but that's not what I was going to say. I was going to say she didn't listen, but they didn't tell her. I'm telling you, they did not tell me. Those rapscallions. <laughs> and I'm like partly flattered that they thought that I was so familiar with the area that, okay, don't make that face of me. This is why they didn't tell me. They were convinced I was a local and I'm going with it. And that's why they didn't tell me. Or they were just lazy sons of bitches and they didn't do their job. Um, anyway, I look at the box. <clears throat> sorry, I'm dying. And it says open for toll. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Um, what do you mean open for toll? What does that mean? You flip it open and it's got the reader. Yeah. Yeah. Um, All of your tolls should have been free because of your easy passes. Like the one benefit of driving a rental car. Yeah, that's not what I did though. So you're welcome. <laughs> Learn from my mistakes, people. Okay. Because... <laughs> We moved to really big cities really far away by ourselves with no help. Cut to, I didn't know that the tiny box had a purpose. <laughs> Who just knows that? They didn't tell me. Okay, great. Why didn't you tell me? You didn't tell me about the your civic duties. Box. So thank you. This is your fault. Well, I don't live there anymore. So my civic duty can suck one. Well, anyway, I'm going to be broke from toll fees here soon, unless Enterprise is a bro and then covers the fees when they come in, but they probably won't do that. So that's my tea. I drank the whole cup, smashed it, stepped on it, and now I'm bleeding. And cried. <laughs> um, my tea of the week is just kind of a weird serendipitous moment that mm -hmm. happened. And I called Emma about 20 minutes after it happened. Um how to just set the scene. It was a cold November day. Um, <laughs> and it was. Um, so I very rarely talk to many people from Ohio. Um, mostly because I'm not friends with anyone from Ohio. And secondly, because um, other than my family, I just don't keep in touch with people. Like I never kept in touch with people from like the year I did of college there or from like high school or anything like that. So I happen to be speaking with someone who I'm very, very close to, um, not Emma, it's a boy. Um, <laughs> and as far as you guys know, <laughs> no, um, and it is a familial connection. And basically I never get to talk to him and started talking to him and somehow, some way, a woman who she's basically the Cruella de Vil to my Dalmatian, the witch to my snow white she is the villain of my childhood like she's the worst person that i've ever met um anyway she ends up taking the phone from um the person i was talking to because she doesn't have boundaries and so she just starts asking me like oh how's your wedding going oh where are you getting married are you getting married at this really nice church i've been where you are and I know this really nice church and it's actually anyway. the one in England. So, <laughs> well, bless her. She, she only thought that there were Cambridge and London in terms That's of true. cities. So, um, all that to say, it was a very 360 moment for me because it was very like, I do a lot to avoid speaking with her. Um, pretty much at every plot twist and turn, I attempt to not speak to her. So, to have her talk to me about like my wedding and um, it's just very, it's very surreal. Um, she's somebody who 
really did a lot of damage to me emotionally when I was a kid. And then um, she just has this weird way of like sneaking back into my life. Like when I was like 18 or 19, she sent me a birthday card and she basically congratulated herself for raising such a strong, independent white woman. Um, and so, um, yeah, long story short, she snagged the phone and I ended up talking to someone that um, I would quite happily never share space with again. I lolled at this story quite hard. I won't lie. I mean, there were extra details that are, you're not privy to. Sorry guys, but. Um... Unfortunately, she's connected to someone that I'm related to. So I don't want to be like, and then she was like, <laughs> and, and she was awful in this way. And then and really go in. But suffice it to say, if you've ever watched a Disney movie where there's this older woman who's like really nice at first and then all of a sudden she's terrible that's her you know her now <laughs> mother gothel yeah also would work i like the comparison okay um yikes all i can say is yikes to that big yikes big yeah. oof rather pay every toll in the universe than ever talk to someone like that ever. agreed but you know what's great to talk about products we love I do love to talk about a product. What are you putting in your bag? Well, first I want you to open your bag. Open it. Open your bag. It's like a reverse robbery. I'm putting stuff in (laughs) your bag. Put stuff in your bag. (laughs) Get it open. Like that. Um, I'm the worst mugger in the world. (laughs) I'm giving you stuff. (laughs) They didn't teach me this at mugging school 101. (laughs) They just said bags were involved. That's really all they were very light in the reading list on what to do once you have the bag (laughs) the online resources are limited okay so what are you reverse mugging into my bag i'm going to give you purple shampoo it's not going to help you so much because you're not blonde and i'm sorry for that but if you have light hair purple shampoo is a lifesaver um in my experience when i go this light it yellows pretty quickly and i don't like that look on me that's a journey i don't really want to take you know um, it's just like a journey i'd like to like not pay the toll for if yeah, yeah exactly I mean, <laughs> properly use the easy pass and just roll right through and be like bye and not have to ever worry about it again but <laughs> My life is not that simple. So um, anyway, purple shampoo is... No, John Hughes didn't direct my life. <laughs> <laughs> Where is John Cusack? I'm just wondering. Just a quick question. Um, excuse me. Are you outside? Lawnmower? No? Got it. Okay. Anyway, purple shampoo. Anyway, purple shampoo. Um, and it helps maintain the lightness of the bleach that I suffered through. And it can actually lighten quite a bit of um like many different tones of blonde hair so i've seen a lot of people use it amazon has a really popular one i bought mine directly from my salon but it is a lifesaver when it comes to maintenance and it also helps my hair not fall out because it helps with recovery so that's great i love it you can use it if you're a brunette but only if you have mistoned hair so it only really helps if you want it to go ashy and not warm so it's not going to add color like it will to blonde hair because you can actually accidentally tint your hair like lavender um i used to be platinum like emma is now and i definitely went to work with like very gently lavender hair (laughs) um but with brunette hair and with red hair, it basically just tones down the mm-hmm. copper and red hues, um, which is why it takes out the yellow. Um, I have dyed my own hair for nigh on a decade. So <laughs> I've learned a lot of to don'ts, <laughs> less to do's, mostly to Not that long ago, box color and um, it ruined everything. So to don't, I'm just don't do it. Um, mine is also hair, actually. My, my reverse mugging this week, what am I putting in your bag? It is a silk pillowcase. So I didn't know that there was anything beyond cotton pillowcases. Like I just, you just buy a pillowcase with a sheet set. Like it's not that deep. Um, but something that I started seeing a few years ago pop up was silk pillowcases. And at first I was like, oh, whatever, like another thing to buy. Come on. Like those gel masks that are supposed to like de-puff your eyes that they just like strap to your face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I looked into the soap pillowcase and for me, I struggle with hormonal acne. Um, and I also have like really thick curly hair. Um, it's really difficult for me to sleep on cotton pillowcases because one, um, 
it sucks the fun out of everything. And by the fun, I mean the moisture. Um, it takes moisture from your hair. And two, um, it really easily absorbs um, like dirt and mm -hmm. grime and yuck. Sleeping on dirt over and over and over, basically. Yeah. So even if you're changing your pillowcase pretty often, it's still a lot less hygienic than silk pillowcases. So silk or satin pillowcases are really great. They help your hair. They're better for sleeping on if you sleep with your hair out. Um, some people tuck it away. Um, but if you sleep with your hair out, it's much better. And also for skin, for people who have bad skin, I would definitely recommend a silk pillowcase. I have one and I love it. 10 out of 10 would recommend, um, and have about four of them now. So it also is if you're ever in my house, you can tell which side of the bed I sleep on because it has a silk pillowcase. <laughs> I, I like that. Um, I get really hot when I sleep and I find that if I sleep, even though cotton is like supposedly light and breathable, like, uh, my pillow still gets like way too warm. So the silk I find stays much cooler than a traditional pillowcase. Yeah. Um, and it causes a lot less breakage because cotton has a tendency not only to absorb moisture, mm -hmm. but to get like hair stuck. That's why like static, it'll yeah. cling to it. So your hair is more likely to like rub and cause friction and break off. Um, we don't stand. No, I don't ship myself with a cotton pillowcase. Uh, look at you, fellow youth. <laughs> yeah, just when you thought I was too elderly. Nope, come back. Came back. Right with the bang. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, we had a new sponsor come in this week that we're really excited to hear from. I just, I honestly, the whole time today, I've been excited about the podcast, mostly to talk about this sponsor because it's just a game changer. Like, I know we've talked about this several times, but I just, I not only hate people, but I hate like people congregating and one of the places that people congregate so often is to shop for food because people eat food right and then what how can you avoid the people but get the food that's why i'm i'm clinically terrified of grocery stores really? clinically got lane petrifying i like we both cannot one cannot really cannot so thank goodness for our new sponsor purple oven mitt we're having a little a little addy poo from purple oven mitt so excited. Is it hot in here or is it just your oven? Purple Oven Mitt is the one-stop shop for never cooking again, mostly. We have a series of meals that are unbelievably delicious, prepared for you by semi-amateur four-star chefs. And every single week, they will be delivered to your door previously cooked. It's possible you may need to reheat them, but that's okay, listener, because that's what they're meant for. Purple oven mitt is absolutely the solution for the future. Not only do you not have to cook again, most likely, but also you don't have to see those pesky grocery stores ever again. All you have to do is enter your code podcast at purple oven mitt and with the simplest five form subscription, you fill out so quick. Trust me, we've both done it, right, Em? I absolutely love this product. And all I asked for was my social security number at checkout and I got free delivery. Also, they have a really cool special where if you commit to a 10 month minimum subscription, they'll give you your first eight meals free. So how does it work, Emma? What do you even get in a purple oven mitt box? Well, Hannah, yeah, that's a good question because it's customizable to your taste. Personally, I chose the lightly Italian option, which consists of a lot of Chef Boyardee-inspired meals. Inspired, but cooked before. That's the whole point. I went for the seasonal organics with an X because it's modern. And also I chose the leafy green special, which believe it or not, makes your vegetables edible because again, they've been previously cooked. Purple oven mitts patent pending process where they cook the meals beforehand and then just wait and deliver them to you saves you from turning on that oven. Am I right, Emma? I have saved so much time not going near that oven, let me tell you, Han. Purple oven mitt is not liable for uncooked meats. Order today. I'm so excited about purple oven mitt. I think that it's really going to change the way 
that we eat. I think it's really going to, it's a game changer. Let me tell you, Hannah, because you know, all those other boxes, you still have to cook the food. And like we've said, and many listeners have probably specified at some point in their lives, we hate cooking. It's such a chore. Okay. So if anybody didn't get this, um, all of the ads we do are really funny. They're not intentional, like sponsorships. (laughs) Basically we listen to podcasts too. And the whole time, they're literally like every four minutes, there's an ad break about something that I don't want, like crystal subscription box or like, um, and like any of these meal subscriptions that are like, if you donate your first child to us, you'll get five meals free. <laughs> like, I just can't imagine a world where I'd be like, you know, what would be great is if I eliminate all of the time that I spent shopping, had them send me stuff that's going to go bad. And then I have to cook it really quickly. And then I'm going to have leftovers. Okay. One weird fact about me. I don't do leftovers. I, I can't. And it just wants to waste food is what she's trying to say. I really do. It brings me joy. Um, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't do like, Oh, I could. Uh, so Anna used to meal prep and I could never do it. Like I could never eat something that I cooked on a Monday on like a Friday. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you're doing bodybuilding, you just kind of, it's either you cook all of the time or you just get so sick of it. But um, yeah, I personally, the only leftovers I can really do is like pasta I can do as a leftover and like soup and everything else is kind of like, I rarely crave the same thing two days in a row. So I don't want to eat it the next day, even if I have leftovers. So anyway, we digressed. It's time to sip on this. The tea is exceptionally good today. (laughs) Who made this? Mm, Very delicious. And is it delicious or what today, Han? Let me tell you. I'm actually really excited to talk about this because I feel like, again, this is something that we talk about all the time, but it's something that I think people don't do because nobody tells you how they did it. There's just like some, you know, E before they were stars special about how they lived in podunk nowhere. And like all of a sudden people moved to these big cities and nobody really tells you how to do it. Well, everyone thinks that you have to have this like really precise plan. And while I think we had a plan. I'm really OCD. I had a plan. And for like, so the biggest thing was I needed someone to live and I needed to have a source of income. And those were the only two things that I was like really majorly like these need to be preconceived notions before I can even consider going. Right. Yeah. I don't think that a lot of people talk about that aspect. So people think that you're just, well, we said we're going to do this big move thing. The one number one thing I always heard was, you know, it's expensive there. Right. I mean, we'll talk about this in a second because I just want to give like a tiny backstory for people who don't know us on like why we wanted to move. But genuinely, if I had a dollar for every time that someone said, oh my gosh, it's super expensive to live in England, I would have enough to buy a house here because it's crazy. Like it is no more expensive than any other place that you're going to live. It depends on how you live. Anyway, why why did you want to move to New York? What was your... I think that you will have a similar um, uh, statement with this anyway, but that it kind of just felt like where I was supposed to be, you know, it's somewhere that, and this was something that came up too, and people thought I hadn't gone there before, (laughs) you know, like, of course, this is a place that I visited more than once. And every time I went, I was like, this is it. This is where I belong. You know, like it was easy, easy to navigate from the start. It's a grid system. So it's not like it's hard anyway, but a lot of people still struggle with the concept. I don't know, but, um, I found that simple. I love how fast paced it is. And I just knew like, that's where I'm meant to go. And because everything kept falling into place when I was getting ready to, that's how I knew it was, um, what I was meant to be doing and where I was supposed to go to begin with. So yeah, I literally had the same thing. So I'd been to the UK twice on, um, vacation before on holiday. Um, and both times, like I'd always liked the idea of England. Like it wasn't like that was the first time that I was interested in it. I'd chosen to go there. Um, I'd always liked, um, you know, it seems kind of, small, but I liked like British movies and I liked British TV shows. And I was just always kind of fascinated by the culture. And literally like, as soon as I landed, it just was like home, like this inner sense of like home, home. And it just, it felt exactly like I was supposed to be here. It was the first time that I really felt like I fit into a culture. Like I really appreciated everything about it. 
um, it was the first place that I was ever like, oh my gosh, this is exactly where I want to live. Um, and I hadn't experienced that anywhere else. So that's why I wanted to move here. Um, I, I still am obsessed with it ever, probably like once a week. I'm like, just, I just have a moment where I'm like super grateful because I, I love it. Um, yeah, every time I ride a very specific train, it doesn't go over the Brooklyn bridge, but as you're going from Brooklyn to Manhattan on this route, you see the Brooklyn bridge. And every time I look at it, I'm just like, oh, look at the Brooklyn bridge, it's my home. And then I'm like struck, like, I cannot believe I live here. I know. And it's only been a few months. So sometimes I still kind of feel like an outsider, but as I'm learning my way around, that feeling goes away. Yeah. It's funny. Cause um, I talk to people here all the time. I have a lot of British friends and I'm like, I keep joking about my wedding. Cause I'm like, Oh, I have to do this, this and this. Cause I'm an immigrant. And they're like, Oh yeah. Like, I always forget that. Like I, I am not from here. Like I, I am literally a legal alien. So um, yeah, I I've been here for three years and it feels as much like home as it did then, if not more. Sure. Um, so let's talk about all of the, all of the love that we got when we said that we wanted to move to these places. I got positive responses from maybe two or three people out of everyone I talked to about it. I got positive responses from you and my friend Gianna, and that was it. Um, my mom, you, and um, my sister as well, and my friend Emily were the only ones that really were like. My mom didn't think, my mom, it's not that my mom didn't think I could do it. It's that my mom didn't want me to do it. So couldn't conceive of it being a possibility. Like we were talking about this earlier. Like my mom's still like every week. It's like, you know, what would be super cool is if like, you just move yeah. back. Like just a day trip and just move back. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I think the overwhelming response that I got was why? Like, like from men and women, it's the same tone. It's why, why, why do you want to move to this other place? Um, and especially because it's outside of America. Uh Now for most Americans, inconceivable, undoable. Why? Like, why would you ever want to leave the home? I'm trying to think of, I'm trying to think of a non-offensive way to say that. Um, why would you ever want to leave the, the bubble? The bubble. The bubble is a good way to describe it. Um, <laughs> cold and cold way to describe it. Yeah, I just, I mean, maybe I'm the only person who's ever felt like this who grew up in the States, but I just, I never felt like I was supposed to be there. Like I never really appreciated the culture. Um, I'm obviously happy to be from Ohio. Like I love where I'm from, but equally, like I wouldn't say in the um, characteristics and typical attitude and typical likes I'm very American like I'm really not Mm -hmm. um and I really haven't been I mean god how long have you known me and like it's not really that new that I'm not like I'm just not I'm not I can't do the USA chanting I'm I'm not I'm not into it um there are very few states that I could live in New York being one of them um with very few exceptions maybe California but uh, I'm not a huge fan of the idea of moving back to the west coast only if I could live in Monterey again. Yeah. And for, for me, at least when I was telling people and I was trying to explain it, it, it's a culture thing. Like I love the culture where I am. And I feel like you either really vibe with a culture or you really don't. Um, and it's not your fault or the culture's fault. It's just, you don't really, and you don't really mesh with it. Mm-hmm. Um, that I got a lot of like, why I got a lot of it's expensive. I got so much. It's expensive. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's expensive. Did you know that lattes are like five dollars a latte there? And I'm like, that's cheaper than it is here. I lived in California, so don't care. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah, I got obviously the expensive was the number one response that I got because everyone thinks New York City and they think Manhattan, and that's the only borough that anyone acknowledges for some reason. Um, and I live in Brooklyn, which is not cheap but it's not the Upper East Side, you know? So yeah. Midwood is much cheaper than um, than any sort of like quote unquote bougie neighborhood in Manhattan or elsewhere. Um, I think as well, it was a lot of like, just a lot of, okay. Like with that tone of like, <laughs> you're gonna fail. And- well, there's this weird like thing that I think it must be like a 2000s kids thing, but when you grew up in like the 90s, 2000s, there was this weird thing where you'd be like, oh my gosh, let's take a trip to Italy. And then everyone's like, let's take a trip to Italy. And then you never go. But you spend like three months to a year 
potentially referencing this fictional trip. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of people treated me saying I wanted to move to England exactly like that. Like, mm, sure you will, sweetie. <laughs> sure. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I got that as well. Um, definitely not, not so much as like the why, because I think that there's a part of everyone that like definitely romanticizes and glamorizes the idea of living in a big city. Um, at least from us women, I know that's kind of this trend. Um, I did get this like weird, um, I think that a lot of people that don't do things like this, maybe it's not because they don't want to, but I think that they don't have the ability to consider it. I think that they're too small-minded to really reach that place in their life, you know? And some people aren't like that. And like, personally, I have family members that like to live in Ohio and they don't wish to leave. And I have no issues with that whatsoever. It's not yeah. what I want, but that's fine. My issue comes from when people criticize me for it because they aren't doing it. Mm. I know what you mean. I think as well, there's a lot of like, I'm thinking of a particular mutual friend of ours specifically, but there's a lot of like, if I'm not doing it, there's no way you could. Right. Um, and I got that from other people as well, but I think most of it is like, I want to say it's a little bit sexist because I don't know that men experience this. Like, I don't know if I heard a guy saying, oh, I'm moving to New York, that I'd be like, do you, do you have a job? Are you going to have a job and a place to live? Did you know that it costs money to live there? I just kind of assume money. they have like their shit together and like they're like good to go, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, I've got, oh my gosh, I've gotten so many questions since I've gotten here, but also leaving. Like, oh, are you moving with your boyfriend? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No. No people out there? Mm -mm. I moved single. I moved here all by myself. Nobody was like, next to me like on the plane it was I mean it was just me mm -hmm. I I mean granted like I have a supportive family and they love me and you know my mom came out and she like visited and it was great but nobody was telling me what to do or I, I don't I'm not a ward I don't have like a guardian that was like we're moving and I was like okay <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> I'm not Cosette. <laughs> I don't have like this weird guardian figure that is telling me what to do. Um, was Elena's reference for those who didn't know? Um, yeah, I just, I got a lot of questions about like, it was, the undertone was sexist of like, how can you tiny minded woman go and live somewhere else? Have you thought about food? You'll need food. <laughs> like, can you bring a box with you? <laughs> did you bring enough mac and cheese to live on <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah everyone assumed that I was going with no plan whatsoever and I was like well luckily for all of us I'm not an idiot and I have <laughs> I'm just gonna be homeless so I'll see how it goes <laughs> just hitchhike until I got there like what do you guys think um Very 70s I had secured both a living space and a job before I made the move because well I didn't so I moved literally across the ocean mm -hmm. so I couldn't in good conscience rent an apartment without seeing it yeah so I literally like luckily I got a job that allowed me to stay for like a month in a hotel um to get settled basically but part of it was paid out of pocket um all of it was paid out of pocket and they reimbursed me for part of it anyway um <laughs> but I didn't have a place to live when I moved there I found that like but I had a plan. I'd been looking at apartments before I got there. I'd, I already had a job that allowed me to move there. I had to get a visa, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. I think that many things of this nature, we're going to have very similar responses. And I think that, and you were the only one I really felt like I could lament these things too, because I was like, no yeah. one now has done something like this, but hey, I don't know exactly what I'm talking about. And it was frustrating and mostly just annoying because it was like, well, I didn't ask for your permission, you know, like I'm doing this and I'm telling you that I'm doing it as a courtesy so that you know what's going on in my life, but I'm not telling you because I'm like waiting for you to be like, that's a good idea. Like, I think it's a good idea and that's why it's already happening. So yeah, I don't need a stamp of approval. And I think it's also interesting because like, I didn't have a ton of this, but um, you had a ton of it where like I was single when I, came here mm -hmm. um and I was in the dating scene um in Texas but nothing was happening because I didn't want it to um and because <laughs> no one liked me but that's not important the focus of the story <laughs> is I'm independent <laughs> but I was dating a little bit and like I kept meeting people and then in my brain I'm like 
I'm leaving. I don't, why am I dating? Like, this is stupid. I'm not, this is going to go nowhere. I'm leaving. But there would be like a couple of things. They'd be like, what if you like didn't leave? What if you like, instead of leaving, didn't and just stayed. And I'm like, hmm, to date relationship. Let's think. (laughs) (laughs) Seems like a safe bet. Way safer than following a dream. Let's stick here. Yeah. I mean, I think that I had a moment with one specific person that I had been seeing for six months at that point. And definitely most of this was just wishful thinking, but I was like, well, and this would not have come to mind if I hadn't already gotten multiple job offers for where I was at already, but it was, yeah. it would have been so easy. And the whole thing was that it was easy. And that's why I was tempted to fall back into it. And I was like, well, it'll be easy yeah. to get a job here. I know where the area is, blah, 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 blah. Um, I firmly believe that doors were shut for me. Yeah. And that, the Lord was like, uh-uh, we, uh, we can't do this. You've done this twice already for other yeah. men and look at where we are. So we're just going to re- flip it in reverse, get back out of here. And that door was shut for back me. Back up, switch it and reverse it. And, yeah. My decision was kind of made for me. And at that point I did not let anything else distract me once that was up. Well, and I think in a lot of ways, rejection is protection. Um, I had a backup plan as well. So I was going to move to Maryland if I didn't get the job in England. And I was like, okay, well, like I'd gone there and like looked at apartments. Like I had a full backup plan if, if this didn't work out. And I just knew like the only reason I would do that. And it was a good job that I got there. But the only reason I would do that is if I didn't get the England job. And I think there's like a grit that you have in you if you're a person who makes a big move like this, where it doesn't really matter how sensible of an alternative you have. You just know that you know that you know that right. you're supposed to do this thing. You sh- yeah. You're supposed to move to this place. I agree with that because I had I had Virginia, Maryland, and Georgia options readily available. And it would have been super easy to be like, I accept because I had active job offers. And I was like, the only way I will do that is if I don't get accepted into Fordham. And, and she did. Like, that same, same week that I applied, I was accepted. And I was like, that's it. That's it. You know, like I'm guaranteed to get BAH at this rate and I am ready and everything fell into place after that. So. Um, um, so what about the practicals? What practically did you have to do? Like, how did you, how did you do it? If you are a person who's like, I'm going to move to New York city too. How'd you do it? Well, the first thing I did initially was apply for jobs, but it was mid COVID job market was really rough. Um, and everyone, while well, I already had two um, near associates, I have one from our language school and then I had like one class left for a second one. And I was like, well, I don't want to be in a career with either of those, but at least I have education and um, yeah. it didn't matter. They wanted very specifically a BA, which was in my opinion, really stupid and is still stupid because I had nine years practical experience, but I digress. I'm still butthurt about it. It's fine. Um, I started looking at schools instead when I was like, okay, the job's not working out. How else can I get to this destination? Like the yeah. whole goal was to get there. So what other methods do I have? And school was the next one. And that was way easier. I had a list. I applied to like 15 different schools around New York city and I got into most of them, but Fordham was my top pick and that secured my um, BAH rate, which would have guaranteed that I would get $3,200 a month, which meant that I could look at apartments now because I knew what my price range was going to be. So that was the next step. And then after that, which I had to do virtually and it really sucked. um, After that, it was just the packing and getting all of my loose ends tied up. I sold my car and I'm a hypocrite because I just bought one, but (laughs) I would would give public transport um, three months and I hated relying on public transport alone. So that's why I got a car. Um, but at the time it made practical sense. I think either way, getting rid of that car was the best thing you could have done because especially in a new place, like I obviously didn't bring the car because I moved across an ocean. Um, but in a new place, like the worst thing you can do is try to fit your old life into this new place. Like you need to just be in the new and embrace it and not be trying to like drag, other places that you lived over here. Yeah, um, yeah. I brought two suitcases worth of clothes and that was it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I had like my parents ship over a couple of boxes, but they were small boxes. They weren't like big and the rest was donated, you know, like bye. Um, the thing for me was getting a job. So I got a job that let me move because 
already had my um, bachelor's degree. And I think, so this is something that we can talk about in probably a different podcast, but just a teeny tiny digression. Anybody who's currently in the military and doesn't get their education handled while they're in the military is wasting free money. Literally you're wasting free money. It's a huge difference. And I know so many people that go like 10 years in the military and then they're like, oh, I keep putting off my education and it's like half the reason I joined and blah, 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 blah. If you leave the military without getting a degree, you have wasted money. Mm -hmm. And it's not to say you've ruined your life. It's not to say that your life has ended or that anything else, but you have wasted money. Like I was able to use my GI bill to get a master's because I used TA to get my bachelor's. Yeah. And yeah, it just, it, it's free money and there's no reason not to use it. Thank you for listening to my TED talk. (laughs) I initially used it just for the AA or the AS rather, because I had a a totally different plan in mind. And then obviously things changed, but, um, thank the Lord, thank God. But I came in, I mean, as a junior, so even though I didn't have my BA finished, I was already halfway done by the time I separated. So I've only got 70 some credits rather than 120 some credits. And that's going to cut my BAH, not BAH, my GI Bill use in half, if not more than half, yep. which means that I will have plenty left to pursue a two-year master's degree without having to take out any loans. So we digress again, our fifth one and our final, hopefully, get education while you're in the military. Um, just get education in general. I think a lot of people now are really trying to go the like free bohemian, you don't need education mindset about things and I think um I was talking to my younger brother's applying to college right now I was talking to him about this and I'm like he was saying that he's applying to a party school and I'm like I mean any school that you go to can be a party school like if you don't take your education seriously you're an adult no one's gonna make you so although yeah awesome there are I'm sure a ton of internet jobs that don't require you to have a BA or to have any sort of education I think it's an experience that kind of arms you for life and gives you a taste for what you're passionate about. And you would be remiss to not pursue that, even if you don't finish it, like, okay, you don't get a bachelor's degree, but at least go to college, at least experience it. Don't write it off before you know what it's like, because for you, you're a great example. Like in-person college, even in COVID times is so different to what you thought it would be like. Is it not? I mean, I don't go to in-person college. The idea was to go to in-person college, but um, COVID ruined everything. But, you know, in general, I think just going as an adult, it's going to be different no matter what. Like I'm well into my twenties. So even if I were attending classic Fordham classes um, as a normal student would, um, I still think it would be different no matter what for me. But I did not do that when I was 18. I went to the military because I knew that I would flunk out of college if I went to college at that time. So And then let's just talk about how it's been. Um, What's it like in New York City, Delilah? My car's name is Delilah. We talk about that. Delilah and I would like to have a chat. Um, I love it. It's wonderful. They mean it when they say the city never sleeps. Um, And I'm pretty sure my neighbors take that very literally. So that's been great. Um, But it's not anything I didn't expect, right? So I did not come in with the rose-colored glasses on. Like I knew... like big cities are dirty and they smell and in spite of those minor setbacks in my opinion I love it every single day and there's not a single day that I'm like oh man I wish I didn't do this you know like I do wish that I had more time to get out and explore but school and work take up so much of my week that by the time the weekend rolls around I'm just like exhausted um I do think having a car will make it easier because there's a lot of spots in um like Manhattan and up towards like Queens and things like that, that I want to go to, but public transport would take me two hours to get there alone. And that sort of puts me off of it. So. What's been the coolest, like 360 moment, you know, like you were shopping on fifth Avenue or you were whatever, whatever iconic New York thing you were doing. Tell me, tell me, weave me a, pe- a tale. Mm-hmm. Paint me a picture with words. Thing, because like I said, Midwood is South Brooklyn. So anyone who doesn't know the layout of the boroughs, you know, Brooklyn is arguably one of the largest of them, of the five. And um, I live right kind of where Coney Island is. So I'm really close 
to the beach, which is really cool. But I would say um, there was just a moment where some friends and I were driving back from Manhattan. We were doing volunteering in the city and we were driving back to Brooklyn. They lived in Bushwick, so we were heading back that way. And there's a bridge you go over. Um, I don't remember the name um, and I would butcher it if I tried because it's not one of like the main bridges, but you go past the city skyline and it was night. So everything was just lit up. And I was just like, I can't believe I live here. <laughs> so it's crazy. You see it in movies, right? Like New York city skyline is like, it's famous and you know, Empire State Building and all of that, like, and previously ripped the Twin Towers, which now has the memorial up instead. Um, but you don't imagine what it will be like in person and it's 10 times better. Yeah, every time I fly back to the states, typically, I fly back through JFK, and it's still cool to like. So cool. Yeah, it's still cool. Um, <laughs> so, what's my three hundred and sixty moment? Um, so, I've been fortunate enough. Like, I've seen all these tourist attractions for myself, and I've had my wow moments. Like, I've seen Buckingham Palace. I've seen Edinburgh Castle. I've seen the best of London. I've seen the Scottish Highlands I've seen, um, just loads of stuff that's like unbelievable. It's very, it's what you said, it's iconic. It's, um, it's something that I never would have dreamed that I'd be able to see in person. Um, but I've had the pleasure of showing people around and to be able to be a tour guide where I not only, or like I'm not only seeing these things but I can explain like how to get there and like I'm a local almost. That is such a surreal moment for me. Like I, I live here. Yeah. Um, I gave subway directions once because he asked me <laughs> how to get to a certain station. I was like, oh, take the queue down to the station, hop off, hop on the B and you'll get there. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> but yeah, like one of my favorite things. So Emma came to, we mentioned her on a previous episode, I think, but Emma came to visit and I got to show her all of these amazing places. But one of the funnest parts was just getting to like be a tour guide in a place that I love so much and getting to show her all these cool little things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me, the, the thing that will always do it is London. London is just, it's one of those places where I'm so acutely aware of where I am and I'm super grateful. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look at us, we're city girls. Look at us succeeding in life. Um, what advice would you have for people who, um, who want to do this? Like, what are your top two tips? Do it. You know, you can spend forever. Nike, man, just do it. <laughs> you know, like how long could we have spent in the planning process and just being like, well, I can't so it's long. Not perfect yet. It's not perfect yet. It's not perfect yet. And it never will be. There's always going to be a questionable variable, you know, like you yeah. can't plan for everything. So stop trying to, if it's something you want to do and you want it bad enough, you accept that not everything is going to work out the way you anticipate that it will. And you do it anyway. Yeah. Um, do you have a second one or is that one and done? Um, I mean, other than that, just make sure that you have a plan for money in place, which I feel like is obviously mm. the most obvious, you know, like don't move somewhere thinking like, oh, I'll just crash on so-and-so's couch. Like go with, if you don't plan anything else, plan a source of income. Yeah. I think for me, it would be, it's okay if it doesn't work out. Um, I think one of the biggest things that people threaten you with when you say something like, oh, I want to move to a bigger place or a different place, someplace that they wouldn't move. Um, they threaten you with failure, almost like a sort of Damocles, like hanging over your head, waiting to drop. And I think, and I, this is what I told myself the whole time. And, and Evan and I talked about this. Like, if I only spend six months here, if I only spend a year here and I come back, that's not a fail. That's an experience that you're never going to have again, you know, like however long you get to live somewhere that is precious to you, you got to live there. So who cares if you only spent a year there, if, and then you came back, like maybe tomorrow I'll lose my job and I'll, I mean, it's unlikely that I have nothing figured out now because I have a sports system here, but the point being like two months into my job, I could have lost it and it still would have been worth it to me. Um, so yeah, I think don't, be afraid of failure. Don't let that hang over you. And then secondly, um, enjoy the romantic moments, but don't romanticize reality. Like there are going to be bills to pay. There are going to be pipes that leak. There are going to be like days when you don't leave your house. Not every day is Notting Hill where you walk into a bookstore and you see who you're Hugh Grant. Like it's not always like that. So 
although it's great to have 360 moments. And I think often the thing that I try to do now is like focus on that gratitude. Cause if I just let myself, I'll find something and I'm like, Oh, I'm so grateful to be here. Yeah. Um, but don't let the ideal outweigh the like reality of it. It's right. okay that it's real life. Yeah. I mean, I have very specific moments I can call to mind that happen way less often than I wish that they did where I stumble upon something really cool that I had, I, I thought I found just because I happened to be out and about, you know, like that doesn't happen as often as people want to believe that it does. Like you think, oh, I'm going to go out every day and it's going to be this amazing magical journey and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you might do that sometimes, but you're probably just going to get really familiar with where you live specifically. Some days you stay at home, you order Papa John's and you watch Netflix. Yep. You I still mean, live in a really cool place. Because that's illegal in New York City. Um, <laughs> it may as well be. <laughs> I just, so much better pizza than that, you know, whatever. But I'm an elitist. What can I say? So unbelievably, we actually have a fan Steve question. I was shook it. Um, Emma, would you like to give us a little background as we go into our fans tea? Yeah, background on what? The question. Oh, that's not the same as background. I think you want me to describe the person who asked it. Well, we- no, no, we will obviously keep our amazing supporter anonymous. Oh, love you. Okay, yeah. So the question was, um, I'm going to paraphrase here. During COVID, let's say you're on a dating app and you have found that to be unsuccessful, but because obviously there's a pandemic, you can also not go out and find people. You can't go out and meet people as easily. So when these two methods are exhausted, what is left in terms yeah, of romantic circumstances? They were like, circumstances? yeah, they were like, um, cause we've complained a lot about dating apps. Mm-hmm. Um, despite the fact that Emma is a frequent flyer. I'm a but like we've complained a lot about it on the podcast and so that was like a little bit of why they they asked right right correct they they had mentioned like you know you've talked about this a couple of times so like what would you suggest and Hannah and I are each going we have similar answers but we're going to each answer this individually obviously so my response was you need to find something that's going to get you out consistently and while that's not going to be going to a bar um, I gave the example of every Saturday I volunteer with Metro World Child and that takes me out of my neighborhood and is an open-ended organization in that there are new volunteers every single week. So every time I go, I meet new people. I have not met the love of my life that way. Um, yeah. I, have, I don't know yet, but I have made many new friends doing this and I didn't meet them through an app and I didn't meet them because I went out intending to meet them you know like I chose an activity that I knew I would enjoy that also took me outside of my home and in my experience that has been the most direct method in meeting people during these unprecedented times I concur Emma back in the studio um (laughs) no I think in general like you have to have a life without someone else there um you have to build habits that make you happy and you have to have not necessarily hobbies in the sense that, you know, kind of a weird like plane building hobby or like a like Dungeons and Dragons club. Like you don't have to have a million hobbies, but you have to have something that makes you happy. You have to have something that forms the fabric of your life. So whatever that is, do that and meet people organically and let somebody come into your life and come alongside you. Mm-hmm. Um, like for me, I, I did dating apps. And again, I will say like I was not ever impressed with the chemistry in person even if they were really attractive online like the conversations that we had were never good um and if they were okay like I would try to hype it up like oh it wasn't terrible um and I just think that's not ever gonna be how you find your bliss so for me it was like joining a church for someone else it might be playing softball for someone else it might be volunteering like just do something outside of yourself and you know, build a life of your own that brings you joy. And there will be someone in that fabric. Like there'll be someone who enjoys the same things, because again, that's how you find those connections. It's not going to be like, we both drink old fashions at a bar, like, okay. <laughs> it's, it's just not going to form a deep romantic attachment in my humble opinion. 
I concur. And that has been um, the only, I, I don't know if I'd call it successful because of external circumstances, but the only decent relationship I've ever really had was because of an organic, we just happened to be in the same place at the same time kind of meeting. So I vow. And I know COVID's hard. Um, and I don't know how long it's going to last. So this is not me downplaying that, especially for single people. Like I super get it. It's, it's really, really hard in the best of times to be single. So it's super, super hard in the worst of times. Um, but I would say like, I don't think there's a cheat code that will equal online happiness, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that maybe a specific kind of person can find success that way. And us and this person, I'm sure many of the people who listen are not those kinds of people. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's really all I have to say about it. You know, I don't want to beat the dead horse and I feel like that. We'll let her lie. <laughs> let her lie. Just chill with the flies. Um, <laughs> I got really graphic really quickly. Um, <laughs> let's go to a quick exit. <laughs> I am Hannah. I am Emma. And that's the tea.